G'day Legends. Another little drop in today to say G'day Legends. <laughs> I did one of these, it was going to be short, little G'day episodes a little while ago and asked if you like these, if you would like to hear more of them and a lot of you said that you do like me dropping in like this. So here I am dropping in again. I do want to make it a little bit topical and share uh, some things that are going to give you value, not just me talking about what I'm up to, but giving you value throughout this. So what I thought I would talk about today just off the cuff is a little bit of health aspects and mindsets and approaches that I take. Just a a brief snapshot because a lot of you like to ask questions around that and are intrigued by the health guests that we get on the show. And those of you who follow me on social media are often asking about my training and supplements and not diet, but nutritional choices. So I wanted to start by talking about recently, I actually had an injury. You know, health is one of my top core values. It's the top core value, sorry, my physical, mental, and emotional health. Because if I don't prioritize that, I can't prioritize, I can't be the best version of myself for my next top core value, which is my family, quality time with my family. So I'm an active person. I always have been, was an elite athlete, was a a coach, and I love training. I love exercising. I love movement as medicine. And I recently had a knee injury because my son, Ollie, our two-year-old beautiful boy, we were at a bear park here in Sweden on the edge of the snow mountain and there's polar bears and brown bears. There's lots of other awesome animals within this bear park and including tigers, uh, snow tigers and jungle tigers as well. Obviously, they're not from Sweden. This is kind of like a zoo. We're walking around and because it's on the edge of the, the snow mountain, so we'd been skiing that morning and on that snow mountain. So as you can imagine, there's quite a lot of snow around and it's beautiful. Uh, it's not just like walking through a zoo in Australia where we're on the edge of the beautiful ocean at Taronga Zoo or out in the wilderness with the gum trees in Dubbo, for example. But there's quite some, some big steep hills and our little boy Ollie was running around and, and handling them really well and we were being very cautious, but then we got to one really steep hill and he just took off and fell face first and smashed his head into the ground quicker than we could say, slow down, buddy. So I ran down to him, picked him up, thought, oh no, he's going to have no teeth here. I thought, I thought that that was where it was heading. Picked him up, grateful to see that he had only uh, hit his forehead and it was bruised. It was just swelling up, swelling up, swelling up really fast, but nothing of the nose or the mouth or anything like that. So I held him tight and ran down the steep hill. We had to run about 500 meters. My gorgeous wife, Marie, was pushing our beautiful little Indy in the pram. So she was less than three months old at that stage and running down to the gift shop and cafe area to to get an ice pack and to assess the situation. Turns out he was okay and obviously had a massive egg on his head. And if you follow me on social media, you will see that I did a post on this as well. And it only slowed him down for about 30 minutes, but it shocked us for a little while. We We were quite worried. And then I was also concerned about his concussion. Anyway, it wasn't until later that day and then the next day that my knee really swelled up. I didn't feel anything in those moments, probably a bit of adrenaline running through my system. And 
turns out through self-diagnosis, I was a therapist for seven and a half years. So I know how to diagnose a lot of different injuries. I had uh, damaged my meniscus in my knee and through running down this really steep hill, holding my boy, he's about 14 kilos and obviously not a very good technique in a rush like that. It had um, pushed things out of alignment a bit and, and damaged the meniscus in my knee. So I couldn't do, I couldn't run, I couldn't walk, I couldn't squat without pain. I couldn't actually bend my knee much at all for a good few weeks or a good couple of weeks with not being able to bend it at all. But straight away I went into the mindset of, well, I'm not going to focus on the fact that I can't run anymore. I can't walk with the kids in the pram now. I can't bounce around with my son like I usually do. If if I focused on those things, then what I would feel more of is stress, annoyed, angry, pissed off, all of these disempowering emotions that don't serve me or my family. They don't, they don't, actually help me heal my body either because I know in those states I'm increasing my stress hormones and not my helpful and healthy hormones. So as that stuff came up like, oh shit, I can't go for a run. Okay, what can I do? And I would focus on that. And so my rehab consisted of floss bands, which are really good for swelling. I have a red light therapy, which also helps with that and some other awesome things. So it's kind of like a portable infrared sauna that I take with me that I have with me here and I can have it in any room it's just a small portable thing and I can target it straight at my knee Uh, obviously good lots of anti-inflammatory natural foods which I already have a lot of anyway and bone broths and movement wise I was doing things like a lot more upper body and core and also then moving my good leg a lot and still doing strength work and some of my jumps like plyometric type work on one leg because what I know through working with Paralympic athletes who have cerebral palsy on one side or are amputees and also working with able-bodied athletes across many different sports is we we know there's a physiological benefit through still working the good side. It's a myth if you think, well, if I'm injured on one side, I better not work the other side because that'll get too big and too strong and then the other one won't catch up. Bullshit. What you're better off doing is working that good side and working every other area of the body that you can without putting the injury in jeopardization of getting worse because you've got to think of things not just in, oh, I'll get stronger on one side than the other. You've got to think of things from a physiological perspective of the fact that you are releasing more growth hormone, more DHEA, more other helpful and healthy hormones throughout your whole body, not just to that little area. So there is many things that you can still do and you should. So I I put up a post about this on Instagram and showed a little video of me doing one of my training sessions where I've got the floss band on my knee and I'm doing some different moves in the gym where you can see that I'm not using that knee that I've injured, not using that leg, but I'm still using the other leg and I'm still using upper body and core and I'm doing the whole thing nose breathing only and which gives a whole nother plethora of benefits, which is something that you can focus on too. If you've got a lot of injuries or a lot of pain and you can't do much movement, then you can you can still breathe and you can focus on your breathing and breathing in itself has so many so many physiological benefits as well. 
And speaking of which, so I do I do a lot of posts now about my nose breathing only training sessions, which you guys who follow me on social media are loving it and asking some good questions and engaging in my polls. And thank you for that. It shows me what you guys are interested in. And the reality is that we should be nose breathing as often as we can in our lives, not just when with the training sessions that I'm doing, but as often as we can. I'm going to do a breathing podcast soon, specifically around all of that. So I won't dive into that too much now, except for the fact that when we nose breathe, we get more nitric oxide in our system, which increases, dilates our blood vessels, which improves blood flow. So I have helped people get off, uh, so lower their blood pressure and get off medication through teaching them how to breathe properly. Also minimizing stress and burnout and increasing focus and flow states, all of these things. But in terms of the training benefits, so you get all of those as well as strengthening of the diaphragm muscle and other important breathing muscles and your intercostal muscles. And it also increases your ability and your adaptability of your fitness levels differently and quicker in some instances. So you have to slow down to speed up, meaning that you find a bandwidth that you operate within. So these sessions that I do nose breathing only, I'm doing everything from a just a small five minute workout that I do for an energy up all the way through my gym sessions and even my 90 minute mountain biking through the mountains now and the long ski days, 60 to 90 minutes on the cross country skiing nose breathing only. So if I was to choose to mouth breathe, I could push a little bit harder in some instances when, but I choose to stay within that bandwidth. So the meaning that I know that if I need to open my mouth to push harder, I'm pushing it up to the next level. And for me, I'm not an elite athlete trying to win medals or do my absolute best in a competition that's coming up. So I don't need to go into that next bandwidth. For me, what's important is that I get a hell of a lot of fun and enjoyment and a hell of a lot of physiological benefits out of my training. So when I work with the elite athletes who are doing this kind of breathing, we do we we push in that bandwidth a lot and you'll see so many athletes now around the world that tape their mouth or have the chin strap like what I do and ensure that their nose breathing only in most of the or a lot of the sessions that they do and then they can expand on that to to jump into the next sort of bandwidth to take things to the next level but there's an adaptation phase and a period and there is also an adaptation that takes place internally in your physiology just from doing the nose breathing only so I talked a bit more about the breathing here than I was expecting because as I said I will do a breathing episode separately But what I will say, and this is what I've been saying in my posts on social media, please, if you want to learn more, jump on and follow me and ask me questions and I'll deliver it to you. For those of you who are listening to this that have been doing that, you should be shaking your head saying, yep, he does that. Because people who are asking me questions or answering the polls and I'm communicating with them and then trying to give a little bit more information specifically for them. And we'll be doing more of that in my programs coming up because I know that that's what you guys are keen to learn more about. But don't think that you have to be doing 90-minute tough mountain biking sessions or your long runs or anything that's super difficult, all nose breathing only. Just start small, start with your warm-up nose breathing only and see how you go from there. 
I, in terms of my physical training, I'm training, I can't say I'm training for, but I will be participating in a sprint triathlon in August here in Sweden. And I, the reason it's a sprint run is because I was a sprinter and the shorter distances appeal to me. So I think it's a five or seven K run. It's a 20 kilometer bike ride and it's only a one kilometer swim, I think. So it's quite easy to do but I'm also not training for that to be my absolute best and uh, and and win it or anything like that it just gives me purpose to train so when I'm riding through the mountains I know I'm doing some cycling training when I can't swim here in Sweden because of COVID the pools have been closed the whole time we've been here uh, and the lakes have only just melted with the ice and snow so there's still a bit I still jump in for the ice baths but it's not a great temperature to be actually swimming training but they'll be warming up soon and I'll do the swimming training in the lakes and running my knee is still not good enough to run and I haven't run as much but when I was running and when I will be running obviously it will be that training but all the other training that I'm doing, my strength training and my breath work sessions themselves and the, the more that I'm nose breathing, the quicker lower will adapt and I don't lose so much when I'm jumping back in to do the swimming and into my running because I've adapted in other physiological ways as well. So that's what I'm kind of training. I say training for, but giving me purpose for my training a little bit at the moment. And actually, as I say that, this sprint triathlon might not even happen because we just bought a, you call it an RV, I guess. Here they're called, in Sweden, they're called a husbil, which means house bus, uh, sorry, house car. So it's like a mini RV. It's an old 77 or 79 model Mercedes Benz. And my gorgeous wife, Marie, is super creative and she's doing a lot of work on the inside. And we're going to just hit the road, hit the road for multiple little getaways and then have a month or more traveling around Sweden. And if that means that I don't get back to where this sprint triathlon is, then that's fine. But that's that's giving me my purpose for training at the moment. But the, the RV aligns with our values of, of fun and adventure. And we both have online businesses so we can still service our clients and uh, run some of our programs whilst we're out traveling as well. Which sort of moves me into, actually, I was going to talk about, some people have been asking about supplements. I'm just going to mention quickly what I take. I don't say that you have to take supplements. I, I suggest that you, that you work with a functional medicine practitioner or an integrative practitioner to get some testing done and work out what supplements you need and why. But it's a common question I get. So my supplements are, I have a really high quality probiotic every morning and I cycle through different strains of that probiotic. When I've had uh, fecal testing or organic acid testing done and it's shown a dysbiosis in my gut microbiome, I've then been shifted through my functional medicine practitioner onto specific strands for 90 days of probiotics and then coming back onto these other general ones that I cycle through. So super important and powerful for gut health to have a really good gut microbiome. Uh, We should all be ingesting probiotic rich foods to a small amount or to a good amount and also looking at getting some high quality probiotics. Uh, I'm also taking every day a really high quality fish oil tablet because 
it's it's awesome for long-term health of brain and skin and joints. And if you've been listening to this for a while, you know that I'm living till I'm 110 and I'm running when I'm 110. So I will have a very optimal brain and joints and tissues and everything. So that's supporting me for the long run, but also the short term. It's really good for brain health in the short term and lots of different things too. So I take those every day as well. And I also take a really high quality magnesium every night. And magnesium has so many benefits internally and especially if you're very active, but also even if you're not, and it can support sleep really well. Magnesium is required a lot through a lot of the deeper energetic exchanges and uh, it's really important that we have good levels of that in our system and while I'm here in Sweden I'm also taking a really high quality vitamin D I don't take that in Australia because I've set my life up that I see the sun for hours and hours every day and get my sunlight with my glasses off in the morning to get my serotonin, which is later converted to melatonin, which helps me sleep. Uh, But I know that my vitamin D levels are really high in Australia. And coming to Sweden, we got here in the brood of winter in December. Uh, So as you could imagine, not exposed to the natural vitamin D very much. So high quality vitamin D is really important for, for my gorgeous wife and I. We have our kids on probiotics, high quality children's probiotics. Ollie's two. Indy is, Indiana is just over three months at the time of this recording. Uh, we have them both on vitamin D, high quality, good for kids, vitamin D. And Ollie, since he had been having solids, has also eaten lots of liver, drinks bone broth every day, I, we didn't want to put him onto a formula when he came off the boob and I did some research and have him on, we had an organic oat milk, uh, sorry, organic goat milk, just a little bit of that with lots of bone broth and some water in Australia. And here we have the organic oat milk. The goat milk's not so easy to come by here. Uh, just 30 mils of that with the rest of bone broth and a little bit of warm water to make it warm. For the vegans and vegetarians listening, it's, uh, it's, I'm not saying that you have to have bone broth and you have to have liver and you have to have fish oil. That's just my belief through the work that I've done with the functional medicine practitioners and where I'm at with it. So that's why I say every human being is so different. And if you heard one of the recent episodes with Steph Lowe talking with her nutrition expert and she was talking about the need of the vitamin B6 if you are a vegan and vegetarian and not getting that from your food. So I share this not to say you have to have what I'm having, but I share that just to say that's what I do, uh, just a few different things around the supplements. And I talk then about bone broth because I see that as a supplement. I see liver as a food, but uh, it supplements a hell of a lot of nutrients. Same with a lot of the organs. Uh, so brains and livers and kidneys are really good to eat from the animals if you're a believer of the fact, oh, sorry, a believer that animal products can support us. I've actually had quite a few people send me this week. There was an article in Australia about a guy who is now the eldest man in Australia. He's 111 years old and one of the things that he said that has maintained his well-being is that he eats chicken brains every day. 
in small amounts and so there was some other things as well in there but that was one thing that people said to me what's your thoughts on that and I thought well yeah it makes sense I don't think that's the only reason that he's lived till 111 he obviously has a lot of has had a really good mindset and uh, processed emotions and adversities in his life really well as well because we know that that has a lot of internal conflict but yeah I'm not surprised that he has organ meats and attributes that to <laughs> his longevity and I put a post up recently of an 89 year old neighbor uh, that I bumped into a few years ago so it was a reminder from Facebook and this guy Frank he was 86 at the time I always remember him being really fit and active and healthy and I pulled him up one day I'd just been out for a run and he was out the front and he's an Italian guy his English isn't great but just chatting to him I said Frank what's What's your secret sauce? You Look at you. You're fitter and stronger and healthier than a lot of 30 and 40-year-olds in this town and you're 86 years old. And he said, lots of natural food. So, he and his beautiful wife have always had their own veggie gardens and eat as many natural foods as they can. He said, I go to the gym five days a week <laughs> at 86 and movement is really important. He said, my gorgeous wife and I, we still enjoy a red wine every night. And did you, a red wine, he said, not a bottle. <laughs> and if you follow the blue zones, sanitarians living the longest and healthiest well into their hundreds, that's actually one thing that they all do really well. Uh, sorry, that they not all do, but a lot of them do is have a glass of wine every day, but having it with laughter and connection, human connection. That was the other thing he said, just be happy. <laughs> that was his recipe. A little bit of a side tangent there where I wasn't going to go with that but even if you don't want to live until you're 86 or 111 I challenge you to think about how do you want tomorrow next week and next year to feel and 